Welcome to Adulting with Ashley G. I'm Ashley. I'm 23 years old. I graduated from Columbia University, and I'm currently living and working in New York City. This podcast originated from the idea that there's no guidebook that comes along with adulthood. And partially because of that, adulting can be exciting, overwhelming, and really hard, all at the same time. And that's what led me to start this podcast. I'm excited to dive into some of the topics that I myself am working through, from trying to get a grasp on work-life balance, to building my self-confidence, to rediscovering hobbies and learning how to have fun again. I hope you'll stick around. Here's today's episode. I'm really excited for this episode. This episode is one that I myself needed to hear months ago. I think that dating, of course, in theory, should be fun and easy and light and exciting and a time for self-discovery and just, you know, all that stuff. Like, that's what it should be. But it's not always. And sometimes we struggle getting over a situationship or a relationship or even someone that we never even dated, right? Like that happens all the time. As embarrassing as this to admit, it's happened to me. And this episode is basically a mini guidebook in how to get over him and like put him to rest. Tinks calls it having a funeral for him. And that's basically what it is. And I've I've kind of written down some tangible actions that you can take to ease your mind, to reframe things, to kind of stop the mental gymnastics and the cycle of going through the hypothetical situations and the, what if I had said this? And like, and what if he thinks this? Stop all of that. I've kind of, hopefully I've, what I think I've done (laughs) is kind of created a formula to help you stop doing that. But also keep in mind that I'm 23 and by no means am I an expert and I'm literally figuring things out as I go along. So, you know, keep that in mind. I think it's important to note that this episode is specifically for people who know that they need to get over someone. Like you feel it in your bones. You know that you need to detach, but you can. Whether that's because you're going through a hard time in some other areas of your life and you're kind of latching on to this or because maybe you just really liked him or because you've created a false narrative about who he really is when he hasn't even shown himself to be that person. Whatever the reason is. Also, we're human and sometimes things are just hard. Whatever the reason is, if you know you need to get over him, this is for you. This is not for the person who is in a long-term relationship with the love of their life, the most magical guy with an insane connection and everything was perfect and it just kind of didn't work out because of timing or because you guys are really busy with work or it's long distance. Like this isn't that situation. That situation, that honestly sounds very sad and I wish I had tips for you to get over him. But I think that that situation requires a different approach because if you've broken up from someone that's literally the love of your life or who treated you with respect and kindness and was great. I don't think that the approach should be the same of, you know, let's just wash our hands of him and try to get him out of our minds because he sucks, right? Like, I don't think that that's applicable. So if that's you, by all means, keep listening if you want to be entertained. But I don't think that these things will apply to you. But anyway, back to the episode. The first thing that I like to ask myself when I'm trying to get over someone 
And I ask this to myself several times because I have to remind myself, do I really even like him or did I just want him to like me? And I think this is far more common than we like to realize. I think that if you're like me and you're a very imaginative person and a very creative person, sometimes we can create these false narratives in our mind and make things bigger than what they are. And sometimes you go on a great date with him and it's like, he was perfect and he was so sweet and he was this and it's like, but was he though? And I think that I was listening to Chinks' podcast recently. So like everything that she said is very fresh in my mind, but I think that ego and validation often have led me personally to look for someone to confirm that I'm this or that I'm that. And a lot of the times what it has turned into is me just kind of wanting him to like me because I want to feel valid and I want to feel good and I want to feel desired versus me even liking him and me even thinking like, oh, he's really cool. I could see myself hanging out with him or he, you know, really makes me feel happy. Like sometimes it's not about him. A lot of the time it's not about him and it's about you and it could you could literally replace him with any Joe out there and it would be the same situation. You'd be stuck in the same situation because it's not about him. So that's the first thing to ask yourself. And I think that, you know, if you're trying to figure out, do I even really like him? Ask yourself these questions. How do I feel when I'm interacting with him? When I'm engaging with him in person or when I'm texting him or when I'm talking to him on the phone, how do I feel? Am I anxious? Am I hanging on to every word that he's saying, trying to interpret his lackluster texts? You know, like, is his communication even consistent? Am I sending every single one of my friends a screenshot of our conversations because I'm trying to interpret what the hell he's even trying to say or to get validation that he even likes me? Like, If you have to send your friends screenshots of the messages and you have to ask, what do you guys think? Do you think he's into me? Should I go for it? I think that's typically a sign that it's just not right. It's not a right situation because the truth is that when it is right, you know. It's I mean, it's it's typically not that complicated. You know, you feel it in your bones. You don't have to ask everyone that you know and your whole close friend's story what they think. Because a lot of the times I think people are pretty explicit when they do like someone. So that's the first thing. Ask yourself, does he make me feel good? And someone said to this, someone said this to me recently. Sorry, I'm stuttering so much. I'm nervous. I haven't recorded in quite some time. Someone said to me, if he doesn't literally make your stomach fill up with butterflies, which corny, I know. And if he doesn't make you feel so content, it's a no, it's not worth your time. It's not going to work out in the long run anyway. So if this is someone where it's like, I mean, yeah, he's okay. And like, he's cute, but da, 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 da. no, cut it. And it's like, if that's the case, why do you care so much about what he thinks of you anyway? That's something you have to ask yourself. That's something I'll get into later as someone who has previously struggled with my confidence and my body image, which thank God are great today. <laughs> As someone that has experience with those struggles, I know that half the time I would be totally tripping over someone that honestly, I didn't even really like. Like, I didn't even really think that they were that cool or that we had a lot in common, but I wanted so badly the validation 
that I was literally driving myself crazy. So those are some things to consider. And something else that I have started to ask myself, um, just because I am someone that wants kids one day and feels very passionate about that, is I'll ask myself, would I want the situation for my daughter? And if you don't want kids, you can easily modify by asking yourself, would I want the situation for my best friend or for my sister or for literally anyone that I care about? Would I encourage her to continue engaging with someone who barely gives her attention or who doesn't give her attention consistently or who is asking to split the bill on the first date? Sorry if you're someone that is not in agreement with that. That's just my opinion. I'm sorry. Um, like ask yourself, would I want that for my friend or my daughter or whatever? And if the answer isn't a for sure yes, then it's a no. It's a no. And I think that the other thing to consider is that if you're going through all this, what I like to call mental bondage and mental agony over someone that hasn't even explicitly ever shown with their actions that they like you, it's also a no. Okay, back to getting getting over him. I think that we really, as women, have to do a mental reframe. If the guy ghosts you or if the situationship fizzles, or if you break up from the three-month quick little relationship or whatever. You have to reframe the situation and tell yourself, I am actually not losing in this situation. Even if another girl starts dating him, even if right after he screws me over, he gets a big promotion and it seems like his life's going great and I'm sad and hurting and depressed. Even if all those things are true, I'm not losing. Here's why. You have actually gained something, and that is that now you have so much more time and energy that doesn't have to be dedicated to the mental gymnastics that you were doing, to the to the anxiousness that you were probably experiencing when you were interacting with this person. You have so much more free space in your brain and in your life right now, and it's a gift. It's a gift. Let me get into this a bit more. You have to literally tell yourself every day, Sometimes multiple times a day, if you have to write it on a sticky note or on a whiteboard or wherever you'll see it constantly, do it. Literally do it. Send yourself a calendar reminder and tell yourself, I am actually winning. Getting over this person and leaving them behind means that I'm one person closer to finding my person, to finding the person that I'm meant to be with, to finding the person that will be so over the moon about me and so sure about me they're consistent and that they're kind and respectful of my time, this is a gift. It's not a personal failure because a guy didn't like me back or because he treated me badly or because after matching with me on Bumble and talking for a bit, he unmatched. It's it's not a reflection of me. It's a gift. And this is a similar frame of mind or frame of thinking that I use when I'm trying on jeans or any clothes really because I often have a hard time when I'm shopping and everyone knows that when you're shopping, especially if you're in a situation where you're doing it in person and you're in the the fitting room or whatever, it's often demoralizing. Like sometimes things just don't fit and you're like, what the hell is going on? What I tell myself if something doesn't fit is I just say it wasn't a match. I don't say, I didn't fit into these jeans. I'm not skinny enough to fit into these jeans. I wish I were size score. I just say it wasn't a match. I'm not blaming myself. I'm not internalizing it. 
jeans are supposed to fit us well. Like clothing are supposed to fit our bodies well. It's not our job to squeeze into a piece of clothing that doesn't work for us. If something doesn't work for you, you just go and get a size that does, something that is a match. And that's the same frame of mind that I use in terms of dating. It's not, oh, why didn't he like me? What did I do wrong? I should be more this, I should be more that. It's literally, it wasn't a match on both sides. It was not meant to be. My person is out there. My situation is out there and it's not this person. So keep it moving. I think what's also essential is cutting contact. And I hate to say this because I think that it can come across as mean. And I know a lot of people, including myself, have a hard time doing this because we don't want to seem mean. We don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Great question to ask. Was this person ever considerate of my feelings? Did this person go out of their way to make me feel comfortable? Answer is probably no. So go ahead, mute them on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Unfollow if necessary. Block them. I I typically don't block unless, you know, someone has literally done something. Someone has literally inflicted harm upon you and done something like really bad. Um, But if that's what you need to do, by all means, do it. This is literally about you. Like keep saying that to yourself. This is about me. This is not about him. This is about doing what's best for me so that I can move on with my life so that I can be happy. Similarly, try to talk about him a bit less. And I know this is also hard as someone who loves rehashing things with my best friend and I love our little debriefs. It's really easy to keep bringing the situation up and replay things long after you've stopped interacting with the person, but really try not to. Do not allow this person to continue taking up, you know, the airwaves. Allow your brain to think about other things. Literally, if it's even like thinking about pizza, that's better, I think. (laughs) And obviously, you're going to have to tell your friends, right? And you might even have to tell your therapist. And you want to acknowledge and work through the emotions. But I think from prior experience, the more that I've kind of latched on to not being able to let them go, just from like my thoughts, the harder time I've had truly getting over them and truly healing from the situation. And I think it's because... If you're talking about someone, you're forcing your brain to think about them. And because sometimes our brains do things that we don't want, your brain is then maybe going to think about a memory that was quote unquote good or a time when they were quote unquote nice. And then you're going to go back down memory lane and, you know, you're going to scroll through the text messages. Oh, that's another thing. Delete the text. If you're like me, you have a hard time deleting screenshots of messages and texts. Delete them. I think it's important for your healing. I I also just don't think that like digital hoarding is good. Like I don't think it's good that we have so many photos on our phones that we literally never like look at or literally that don't even serve us anymore or don't even align with who we are. Like I don't think it's good. So I think if you have to delete them slowly, which is what I do, do that. If you don't feel comfortable just deleting the thread all at once right away, Start slowly deleting some of the screenshots and some of the pictures or whatever. And then one day you'll wake up and you'll you'll just be ready to to delete it all. And it'll be out of your life. The next thing I wanted to say is that, again, this is about you doing the reframe. This is a time for you to pour into yourself. I hate that phrase. I think it sounds very corny, but it's true. I think that as my friend likes to tell me, you will never regret working on yourself. 
I also think that the phrase working it yourself sucks because it, it sounds like a drag because it has the word working in it, but it doesn't have to be. Take this time or whatever, the break from dating that you're on, to have more fun, to take up a hobby, to get back into working out, to catch up with your friends. Remember them? Yeah. Go out with them. Have some fun. Call them up. Call your mom. Like Tinks was saying in a podcast recently, like even if you take that time to just rewatch all of your favorite rom-com movies, like that's still a win. And I think that what we have to remind ourselves is that it's so rare, I think, in life, especially if you're around my age group, which I'm assuming that all of your all of my listeners are, it's actually so rare in the grand scheme of life that you have time to just focus on yourself because eventually most of us will have families and, you know, very demanding jobs if you don't already. And it, it becomes hard to have, you know, that that solo dolo time. So take advantage of this. It's a gift and it's a time for self-exploration and for fun, for getting into your skincare routine, for finally trying to train for that 5K that you've been putting off, for cleaning your room. If you're like me and you struggle with keeping your room clean, clean that shit. This is your time. Take advantage of it. And the last thing I wanted to touch on, which I mentioned earlier, was dealing with low confidence. I used to have so much guilt and shame about this. And why did it sound like my voice was cracking? My voice was not cracking. I'm not crying. Um, (laughs) I used to have so much guilt and shame about this. But I think I kind of had to come to terms with the fact that it's just something that I struggle with. For other people, it's other things. You know, it's kind of like, this is not really similar, but I have really tight hamstrings, like naturally very tight hamstrings. And I kind of had an epiphany a few months ago, like, hey, you need to stretch. You need to do it consistently because this is something, this is the way that you're built. Your lower half is tight as hell and you need to do this to actually protect your joints and make your life better. And it's the same thing. It's like, this is something you struggle with. And if you're like me and you've had some guilt or shame about it, kind of treat it how you would treat, you know, getting a cut or a bruise or an injury or something. You you'd handle that shit. You'd go to the doctor or the hospital or wherever, urgent care, and you'd get it taken care of. And then you move on with your life. I think it's the same thing with, you know, confidence and whether that's confidence about who you are internally or about your body or whatever. I think that it takes intentional, consistent effort, but I think that progress is totally possible. Take it from someone who literally used to hate their body and and cry, cry about it um, on a very consistent basis. Or what am I saying? I used to cry about it often, basically, to now someone who does not have that problem, who embraces their body, who feels confident, who refrains from comparison. I've come such a long way. And I truly think that I'm the poster child for like, sometimes it just takes a long time, which sucks. Because every time you always want it to be a quick fix, you want it to be like done by tomorrow. Sometimes it takes a while, but progress is progress. And I think that the biggest thing is just just starting. So for me, um, I do a lot of daily affirmations in my journal. I refrain from comparison by not seeking it out, right? Like if there's a person on Instagram, for example, that you know, you always compare your body to or if there's a journalist on Twitter, I'm not in journalism, but 
a lot of my friends are. If there's someone on Twitter who you always find yourself comparing your career trajectory to theirs or your bylines to theirs, do yourself a favor and for a while, mute them and watch how much happier you become. And, and at the same time, while you're muting them, work on affirming with yourself and maybe a therapist, because as someone that's been to therapy, that, that shit does work. Work on affirming with yourself. I'm great, actually. I'm working towards creating a better version of myself, and I'm great. And I think that the other thing that's important is, of course, to surround yourself with people that uplift you and don't tear you down and with friends that support you and your goals. And to also keep in mind that someone else's beauty or intelligence does not diminish your own. I think that Tinks was talking about scarcity mindset recently and how a lot of women have scarcity mindset um, partially because, of course, society is so sexist and has convinced us for so long that, you know, there can only be one and, you know, we have to compete against each other and all that stuff, right? And I think that what that means is that a lot of the times we see someone that's like great and for some reason our brains tell us, well, that means that you're not great or, you know, they got this big promotion so now you're not going to get yours. You can't. And that's not how society works. I always remind myself that my brain doesn't even interpret other people's situations like that. For example, two people that I really think are cool um, and like love their fashion and think they're super pretty, Kendall Jenner and Kourtney Kardashian. They also happen to be related. Um, but they're so different, right? Like Kendall's super tall, like model vibes. Um, Courtney's not super tall <laughs> and half the time her hair is blonde. Kendall has super dark hair. Like they just look very different. But I still think that both of those people are very beautiful and I would never look at them. Let's say they were walking down the street together. I would never look at them and go, hmm, let me compare their features and let me, you know, say, okay, Courtney has this and Kendall doesn't. So Kendall's not beautiful. Like I, my brain just would never do that. I would, I, I would easily accept, yeah, they're different, but they're both really beautiful in different ways. And I would move on with the day. And I actually, I don't even think that I would consciously think that. And what I have to remind myself is that other people are not doing that with me, right? Like no one is looking at me and then comparing me to the person that was walking down the street behind me or to the other girl that they've dated. Like, I, I just don't think that people do that. And as someone who, you know, in, in my past, I think that I developed crushes quite frequently. And as someone that in college did develop crushes frequently, I honestly would never compare the current guy to the previous guy. Like I would never be like, right, this guy's shoulders are a little bit more broad and like, I kind of like the other guy's hair. Like my, you don't do that. You focus on what's in front of you. And so keep that in mind when you're feeling, you know, insecure. No one's comparing. You shouldn't do it to yourself. I always say that the world can be so hard. So we might as well be kind to ourselves. We might as well love ourselves because you don't always get that from others. And I truly think that once you're in a good place, and feel good about yourself and feel like you're you're the prize, as Lori Harvey says, which also sounds really corny, I'm sorry. But once you have that mindset, I think you go into dating with a totally new perspective. And it's not so much about what can I do to get him to like me? How can I be more of this or more of that? Is he going to text me? It's less about that. And it's more, 
do I even like him? Like, is, is he my type? Like, is there a connection? What's the, like, those are the things we should be focusing on, not, you know, driving ourselves up the wall, trying to get a text back from Ryan. So that's the podcast. I was insanely nervous while recording this, so I'm sorry if I was talking a mile a minute, listen to it on 0.5 speed or something. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to drop this episode. I'm excited to record the next one. Again, I have all the experience in the world of having a hard time getting over someone. So I know it's hard, but you'll get there. And in a few weeks or months, you'll look back and you'll laugh. Trust me, you'll laugh and you'll make fun of him with your friend and it'll all be okay. And the right person will come along. But I also think that the right person only comes along when you're ready and when you actually love yourself. So thanks, friends. Talk soon.